0: Welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at emmausroad.com.
1: Oh my goodness. Happy Father's Day. especially if you're a visitor here. <laughs> I don't normally get this emotional. Well, especially those of you getting baptized today or if your families of those getting baptized. It's a good day to get baptized. I'm incredibly aware that for some of us, Father's Day is painful. Maybe you're missing your dad desperately today. I miss my dad on days like this. Maybe your father was absent or distant or even abusive. I'm so sorry if that's the case. I love that scripture that says, even if my father abandons me, the Lord will hold me close. Psalm 27. Maybe today's difficult if you don't have kids of your own. And uh, you desperately love them. I love the fact that in Ephesians 3, the Apostle Paul says, "I, I bow the knee before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth gets its name. And so if you really want to understand fatherhood, you don't necessarily look at your human father, but you look at who your father in heaven is. And if you've got a great dad or you had a great, great dad, then ultimately he is why, God is why. All that goodness and all that love filtered down from somewhere. And if you had a bad dad or an absent dad, then all I want to say to you is that you have a father in heaven who can make up the difference and who loves you and is there for you and cares for you desperately. The reality is that most dads aren't perfect, but they're pretty good. And, um, you know, it's not easy, Uh, of course, being a dad. I've got my two sons here. I took one of them for his driving test yesterday. I sat there shaking in my boots in the driving center, terrified, Uh, you know, so much wishing I was just taking the test instead. And this sense of helplessness, it doesn't get easier. Those of you who've got little kids, it doesn't get easier, this letting go, this trusting thing. And he came back, and, and 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 you know, he passed. <laughs> well done, Danny. Danny's doing screens today. This funny moment, walking out to the car and seeing this boy, and you're remembering him being this baby, and you're going, how can he be left in control of this <laughs> deadly instrument, you know? And I remember a couple of years ago now going to pick... Hudson and Danny up from the Bowers' house. You just heard from Evan, who's getting baptized. It was late at night. It was a winter night. I was being taxi driver as usual, and um, it's cold, and I didn't really want to take my slippers off, if I'm honest. And I just thought, it's not raining. Uh, It'll be okay. So I I went out the house in my slippers and drove uh, to pick the boys up, and and I walked into the house still in my slippers to collect them. It was after 11 o'clock at night. And it was so interesting, because Danny t- saw, what, saw my slip and said, Dad, you're so embarrassing. <laughs> Hudson looked at me and said, Dad, that is so cool. I can't wait to be old enough to let myself go like that. <laughs> Today's uh, Bible reading is about an amazing dad, a dysfunctional family and a tricky teenage son. So uh, we've got Josh Campbell and Megan Williams coming to read the story of the prodigal son. So come on up, Josh, uh, Megan. I think, is it Josh going first? There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate.
0: Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring a fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate.
1: Brilliant, so well read. Thank you, Josh and Megan, fantastic, thank you. Uh, This is one of the greatest stories ever told and um you, you know some of the greatest minds some of the greatest artists have thought about it here's rembrandt's depiction of this story uh, the return of the prodigal there Uh, and and the prodigal son kneeling and the the father just blessing him with such frailty and tenderness here's my friend Charlie Mackenzie's depiction of of this story the father embracing uh, the son Jesus looking around at the crowds and something within him is aching to explain to them what God is like and he looks at their faces and he probably being Jesus is reading their hearts he knows some of them think God's angry with them and some of them Think that God is judgmental. Some of them have a religious God. Some of them probably even back then even questioned God's existence. And he's wanting to communicate the goodness of God, the, the love of God. To them, this is before the cross. I I, I was just unpacking in our 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 worship time. We were meditating upon the fact that the cross of Jesus shows us the goodness of God. But before uh, the death on the cross and the resurrection, how do you communicate the love and the goodness of God? And God, uh, Jesus starts to tell this story about God as this extraordinary father, Uh, strange father in a way, Uh, unbelievably kind almost negligent father, uh, just over the top in his grace and this uh, very badly behaved son. The son is outrageously hurtful. He, he, says, to God, uh, he says, Father, I, I, want, I, I want my um, inheritance now, which is kind of code for saying, oh, I wish you were dead, right? You know, I don't really want to wait for you to die. You know, I want to cash in now. Can you imagine anything more offensive or rude? Uh, He's like, really, I'm I'm only really interested in you for your money. Some of us have been there with God. Uh, God, I don't really, I'm not that much into you, and I can't remember when my heart was last moved in worship, but I like your stuff. I need a bit of forgiveness. I need guidance. It's reassuring to know I might not, you know, go to hell when I die. These things are nice, so I want your stuff. Cash in. And the extraordinary thing is that the father doesn't do what I would do and go, get knotted. He says, here you go. Have you noticed that about God? He, 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 he blesses people who don't even believe he exists. <laughs> Half the Psalms are like, God, why do you bless the unrighteous? And Jesus is going, it's just kind of what God is like. He's just unbelievably extravagant and gracious. And And then, and then the son leaves so he's definitely sending out the signals I don't really like you I just wanted your stuff and thanks I've got it here and let's go and he heads off to a distant land this is code for a non-Jewish land a Gentile land a land full of pagans and filthy unbelievers and so he is there and he's partying he's doing all the stuff some of which we've had hinted at uh very politely in our testimonies today uh, 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 all the sex and I don't know do they have drugs back then whatever they did instead of drugs back then, and, and rock and roll, and, and, you know, they are, re- he, it, 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 it's, it's wild. It probably wasn't rock and roll, it was probably, anyway, uh, you get the picture. Anything that he can think of to do to really have a good time, he's doing, and he's spending uh, all of the money. He's not budgeting well. Some of you here are more offended by the fact he's not budgeting well than what he was doing with the money. And... Um, <laughs> Go see a good financial advisor. And uh, uh, so you see so you can be immoral for longer. No. And, and so he's, he's, he's caught in this sort of swirl of, of downward depravity. And eventually he hits rock bottom. He's got no money left. He's got nothing left. And the only job you can get is working with pigs. And we all think, yeah, that's a pretty rubbish job. But if you're Jewish, that's not just a rubbish job. That is a sinful job. It is a job that is contaminating. Pigs, remember, they don't, uh, they, they don't see uh, pigs as, as clean. They won't eat uh, any form of pig meat to this day. We're for a hog roast later because we're children of the new covenant. And uh, <laughs> hallelujah, pass me a bacon sandwich. and. Uh, <laughs> And, and, so, and so, you know, to actually serve pigs is a metaphor for it's as low as you can get. It's filthy, it's dirty. You are propagating something that is against the very sort of purposes of God. And so you can imagine as Jesus throws this line out, he kind of, he knows what he's doing. He's like a prize fighter in the ring. He's jabbing at the religious spirit and people, are, you know, he worked with pigs. Ugh. It's the worst. And then eventually he comes to his senses. But notice, it's not even a particularly good repentance. It's not like, oh, I'm a sinner. It's like, I think I'd get a better deal back home. Even though I was, even my dad's servants get a better I'll go back and be a servant. I mean, this is not like an overwhelming moment of repentance. And he scripts himself, an apology note. Any of you ever done that? Notice, because he plans the speech and then he starts to deliver it later on. So this is like a... It's, you know, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy. It's one of those. And, and, and so the son is behaving appallingly. And as he staggers back home, he must be thin and emaciated. He must be covered in, in, in pig poo. It's not just he's been with pigs, but he stinks of these dirty animals. And, and he's grown a, a, a big old beard. And he's, he, he's sallow, hardly recognizable. And we have this extraordinary description that the father is there watching and waiting. How many months every day has he been looking, watching, waiting, anticipating, somehow hoping, praying, dreaming that his son will be the figure that appears on the horizon through the Mediterranean heat. And eventually one day he's blinking, he's a little bit old, he's trying to work it out, he sees someone coming and his heart is going as it's been going for a long time. Every time he saw someone, every day he's like, could this be my boy? And then there's, this moment of disappointment no do you know that's how God feels about you today some of you he's been looking and waiting and watching and dreaming that you would turn towards him. Some of you even just come into church today, it has brought joy to the heart of your Father in heaven who made you and loves you and longs to be in relationship with you. And and then there comes this day and he gets closer and he prepares for the disappointment once again and he begins to go, I think it is, but no, he's he's thinner and and, and he's got a beard and yes it is, no it isn't. And then eventually he realizes it's his son and something whirms up within the father and he just begins to run picture it it's hot he's an old man he wears a long skirt thing he's going to have to hitch that baby right up above his knees to run it's not a cool look he's not like I've got to be a religious figure in the bible he's just I've got to go And, and and if it was me I might just have been gracious enough to go well I don't really want him to know I've been looking out for him every day I'm just going to kind of wait here and, you know, give it a bit of, hi, nice of you to come home, anything to say for yourself. You'd wait for him to arrive, for crying out loud, you might even go and pretend you were doing something else, oh, hello, you know, a bit busy. He runs towards the Father, this is the heart of God towards you, it's not polite. It is, it's not even particularly sensible, it is just abandoned. He is in love with you as his son or his daughter. Imagine how the son feels. Even now he's going through his speech in his head and what am I going to say? He's nervous, is his his dad going to beat him? He's ashamed of his clothes, he's ashamed that he's wasted everything And then he sees his dad running towards him. There must have been a moment going, my dad's going to attack me, he's that angry. And he gets close, he says, no, I don't think he's angry. He looks like he's about to have a heart attack. And and then the dad reaches him and just flings his arms around him. And it's the most amazing moment because the son starts to go through his speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against... And if you read the story, the father interrupts it, doesn't even let him. Do you know when you come to God, dear God... I confess that I am a sinner. He he kind of half goes, okay, great, great, that'll do. Give me a hug. He's not waiting for the formula, for the boxes to be ticked. He just wants to love you. And the apology is kind of how we open our arms back. And then he says, put a robe on my boy. The The sun is ritually unclean right now. By throwing his arms around the sun, the Father is being rich, becoming richly unclean himself. God, the Holy One of Israel, is making himself richly unclean. Some of you say, I'm too messed up. I'm too bad. I'm too, I've screwed up too many times. I'm filthy. I'm dirty. I'm ashamed. There are areas of darkness. There are strongholds within me. If people knew some of the things I think and say and do, I wouldn't even be able to look anyone in the eye ever again. You feel so deeply ashamed. You think, I'm not worthy of the kind of love that God has got for me. But this story, Jesus says, God throws his arms around you and he doesn't mind even getting dirty. You, you think there's crap on you, he'll get the crap on himself because he doesn't care, he just loves you. And then he, he puts the robe on him and he says, look, quick, quick, quick put, put sandals on his feet. Listen, servants walked around barefoot, sons and daughters wore sandals. So in that moment, as the son's going, make me like one of your hired hands, the father is going, no way, no deal. You're my son, you're my daughter, I'm not ashamed of you. And then he says, "Uh, put a ring on his finger, and the ring back then, as you may know, was the credit card. You you gave your ring to someone, it was a signet ring, and said, uh, you know, go down the market, buy something, and that stamp with your insignia meant my master or my father will pay. It was a credit card. So get this, the son has said, uh, give me all my inheritance, I'm off. He's wasted it all. He's got halfway through an apology, and the father has said, take my credit card. I I mean, it is it's imprudent, it is extraordinary the way that God trusts us and loves us and restores his kindness upon us when we fail and when we sin. And then, of course, the Father throws this extravagant party. He's not ashamed of us. He is just glad that we are home. When one sinner turns to God, we are told by Jesus there is a party in heaven. There is a great celebration in heaven above. When uh, these testimonies were shared today, there was a party in heaven. The God who goes running towards sinners celebrates as we turn towards him. This is the message about God that Michael Curry celebrated at the royal wedding a few weeks ago that became the most talked about thing other than the dress at the royal wedding. Whilst uh, Michael Curry was preaching, there were 40,000 tweets a minute. You You want proof that, you know, our nation is still interested in the gospel and the love of God? You looked at Elton John and David Beckham and the Queen and everyone else, hearing this kind of eruption of hope because we as the people of God, all two billion of us are the people who have a reason for believing in unconditional love. We are the people of unconditional love and grace. That's where it comes from, the fact that we believe that God is like this. And so, as you'll recall, Michael Curry uh, said um, that Jesus began the most revolutionary movement in human history, a movement grounded in the unconditional love of God for the world, and a movement mandating people to live that love. Let me finish with a story. Some of you heard this before, but um, it's not quite as good as the prodigal son story, but it's my own funny little experience of discovering the love of God. Uh, For me, having grown up in a Christian home, having been taught the truths of the gospel at my mother's knee, but still having to really discover God's love for myself. And one of the great moments for me was perhaps inevitably when I became a dad. And um, Hudson came back from the hospital in Portsmouth and um proceeded to completely destroy our lives basically uh you know we we, I suppose I'd quite like to have said it's so cool we've got a baby now here's the fridge here's a checkbook make yourself at home but in fact my entire world was about to have to orbit someone else's and um You know, Huddy did things to Sammy and me that no human being had ever done before, and yet we found we quite liked him. Um, uh, You know, there there was the moment that, you know, you're doing that thing, you know, pre-Instagram, but stay with me, holding your child in the air, and he's laughing, and you're laughing, so his mouth is open, and your mouth is open, and a long, stringy bit of saliva goes into your mouth. And... And and you're so, you know, he woke me every two hours, night after night. So I was sleep deprived. You get into doing this, don't you, all the time to rock them to sleep. And to this day, you can still sometimes see me in Tesco's with um, cornflake packets, just gently, just rocking it to sleep. You know, it's, uh, and 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 and, and um, you know, Hudson would quite often. You you do all this, don't you? And 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 Hudson would often be sick down the back of my my shirt and then you're like yes and then you're too tired to bother changing so You just go out look it's only baby sick like and 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 then you think that's normal and you can't leave the house without it being like a major military operation <laughs> you know and then there was the the the, the famous time where um growing up, the teenage girls had these posters up in their bedrooms of a hunky guy with a six pack holding a naked baby. It was the ultimate blend of sexiness yet sort of you know parental potential i think and um, <laughs> and I was changing hudson 's nappy it was the summertime, and I just for a moment of my life wanted um, wanted to be that man uh, in the poster <laughs> yeah, thank you for laughing and um <laughs> Just encouragement, 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 with you people, and uh, <laughs> I-, I thought I wouldn't tell anyone uh, in case they laughed, and um, <laughs> but in my head, a lot, a lot of things go on in men's heads, and um, I thought, well, you know, he, you know, I've just changed his nappy. He can't need, uh, you know, to go to the toilet immediately, as I I don't go all the time, and um, so. I didn't have a shirt on, just a pair of shorts and flip-flops. And I went out in the garden. I was, I was parading around, sucking in my stomach, um, and trying to be the man in the poster. Um, Sammy probably would have just looked out and thought he looked slightly constipated. But to me, I was the man in the poster, holding my child masterfully, yet sexually. And um, this sounds wrong, doesn't it? And, and at that moment, all hell uh, broke loose. Um, And something just ghastly erupted from Hudson, like the worst-case scenario, and, and went down my front. And I found a small um, puddle in my flip-flop later on. <laughs> Hudson did things to me that um, really, honestly, nobody else had ever done before. He, he, he spat in my mouth. He was sick on my shirt. He woke me every um, two hours and he pooed on me. And I found that I, I, I really liked him a lot. <laughs> I loved him. And I, and I thought about my, my, my friends. I have many good friends. But I thought if any of them spat in my mouth and puked on my shirt and woke me every two hours and pooed on me, I'd struggle to like them. <laughs> and, and the difference is fatherhood. Presumably. And so I found myself saying to God, you know that thing where you say, I'm meant to call you father, our father in heaven? You know that thing, the prodigal son story, and you're the father, well, surely, surely you don't mean this. Surely when you talk about fatherhood, you mean like you're this religious father concept. <laughs> you know, you're, you're like, I am your father. I don't like you, but I love you. <laughs> You horrible thing. I don't know why I'm speaking in this accent. <laughs> Surely it's just theological love you have for me. And of course, the moment you start to articulate those, those questions, you realize how stupid they are. And you realize no, the very notion of fatherhood comes from somewhere. And this unconditional love this unconditional grace and kindness, this God who comes running towards you on the road, this God who, when he sees you covered in mess, picks you up and himself gets dirty in the process, who cleans you off, this God who, when you sin, forgives you and trusts you again with his credit card. This is the heart of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the revolution of unconditional love that Jesus came to bring. And so you really can... Scream at God and hassle him continually. You you can make all kinds of demands of him. You can sin and scream and make him dirty, and he will just pick you up and love you and hold you because he is your Father in heaven who does love you unconditionally. And you cannot be too bad, you cannot be too broken. And you can't, this is good news for some of us, even be too boring for him, only too proud to accept his embrace, only too proud to begin that journey back from the distant land to the embrace of the Father. And these are the stories that we've just heard from the people that we're soon going to baptize. Jess talking about plans not working out and needing someone that she could trust who was bigger than herself. Petra and Evan talking about growing up in a Christian family but really wanting to commit their lives to the love and the purpose of God for their lives. Tim talking so movingly about growing up in an incredibly oppressive uh, religious cult and finding freedom in Jesus Christ. Ben, talking about being an atheist in the army, Uh, 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 and his words were, Jesus Christ has absolutely changed my life. Verity, a prodigal daughter, coming home to the love and the embrace of the prodigal father. Amy, an atheist with a baby, and trying to get her head around all of that, and battling cancer and going through the valley of the shadow of death and yet finding God's presence with her even in the midst of that, opening her heart to him. And she said, I don't feel scared or alone anymore. Steve, uh, talking about 25 years hooked to drugs crying out for salvation in rehab, and now he is clean. And his words were, Jesus has literally saved my life. You know, people say that Christianity, religion, is just a crutch. And it probably is, but that doesn't make it not true. It just means it's really good news for cripples like you and me. Jesus Christ comes to broken people and messed up people and desperate people. And he gives us love. He comes to people who are dirty, who screwed up like the prodigal, and throws his arms around us. And this is what we have heard. And so, in the waters of baptism, these wonderful uh, people are going to go down into the water. And as we uh, immerse them, we're going to remember the fact that they are burying all kinds of stuff from their past life in those waters. They're leaving those things behind. And then as they come out of the water, cleansed, we're going to celebrate with them the fact that they have been resurrected with Jesus Christ. They are beginning a new life. They have been forgiven. They have been baptized into the family of God, and they are filled with God's Holy Spirit. This is the good news of the Gospel. Of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. The story of the prodigal son reminds us that if any one of us will take just one step towards the father, that he will come running. You can't be too far gone. You can't be too bad. You just have to come home. And so I just want to give an opportunity to anybody here who is today saying, I want to take that first step home to the Father, to make that decision this morning. You've heard about other people's stories. I hope you've noticed that we're very honest about pain and struggle and messing up, but we're also really honest about the hope and the goodness of God. I said earlier that because we're not just animals, because we're made in the image of God, our choices are infinitely powerful. And so a simple choice that you can make now, like the choice that prodigal to come home, can change everything about your future. And so I just want to give an opportunity for those who'd like to do so this morning to take that first step back towards the Father. For some of us, We are real prodigals. We used to live, if you like, in the Father's house, but we've been a long way gone. And like some of the testimonies we've just heard, it's time to come home. We realize we can't make it on our own. And then there'll be others here who, uh, like some of the other testimonies we've heard, you might have called yourself an atheist, this might all be new to you but you're knowing this rings true and deep down you think there probably has to be a God and if there is a God you want him to be like this loving and kind, forgiving and gracious some of you as you heard Steve's story about getting desperate and crying out to God you realized you're desperate and you need God to intervene and this is your moment to cry out to him and so I'm going to pray a very simple prayer now And those who'd like to make that choice today, I'd love you just to pray it quietly in your heart with me, allowing this God who loves us so much to love us back. So let's pray and just um, repeat it quietly in your head, in your heart, with me. And he hears your, your thoughts. He made you. He knows you. He's closer to you than your own skin. So let's just pray. Father God, I'm sorry for all the wrong things I've done. I've messed up. I need you. Please forgive me. Thank you that you died on that cross to save me. I turn towards you today. I want to know your love. I want to live in your house. I want to be a Christian.
0: Amen.